podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is a proud member of the Fan Hub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with Fan Hub to put fans first. Search Fan Hub app to play your part in the journey. You're listening to Voices of the Vic podcast with Ben Ayton and James Batchelor. Hello and welcome to the Voices of the Vic podcast with me, Ben Ayton, and James Batchelor. You can tell by the smile on my face, Watford have won a game for the first time in three months. I think it was 91 days since our last victory, which was back um, in November when we beat Manchester United 4-1. But Watford have travelled to Villa Park yesterday afternoon and picked up three vital points to try and push towards survival in the Premier League this season. Um, to talk to me about it all is uh, my co-host, James Batchelor. James, how are you doing? Uh, I've noticed you've not got as big as the smile as I've got on, but um, <laughs> how, how are you doing, mate? No, I'm all good. Look, the smile's here, the smile's here. Very, very happy with the win. Um, a little bit frustrated that Burnley won, obviously, and Newcastle picked up points to get against West Ham. I think that made me... Um, obviously, I'm happy with the win, but you know them them two winning didn't really didn't really help. But yeah, really really happy um, with the result. It's something to build on. Crystal Palace on Wednesday, uh, and yeah, just overall, I've just forgotten what it felt felt like to win a game really. So from from my perspective, I'm just I'm very very happy, and I, I probably should be happier. But it's been so long since we won, I, I don't really know um, what to feel. So so yeah, it's a weird feeling, isn't it, James? Like you say, it's been so long since we've actually experience of victory it's it's like this is new to us again um oh this is what winning football matches feels like and oh mate I was absolutely buzzing when we picked up those three points yesterday especially seeing like at one point in the day I think we actually dropped to the bottom of the table because the results were going against us I think even Norwich were 1-0 up at Anfield uh, and then we saw Burnley pick up big three points with a 3-0 victory at Brighton as well. So it was a must-win game for Watford. And I know you've said this lately, James, that every game's must-win now for Watford. But yesterday, especially with those results that was coming in, we really needed those three points, didn't we? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we got to half-time, obviously, and I, I looked at the Burnley result. I think they were 2-0 up at that point against Brighton. And I was a little bit worried then because if the results, um, you know, as, as they were stood, as you say, Watford would have been 20th. So... It was vital that we picked up the three points. I know Dennis mentioned in his post-match interview that I don't think Roy Hodgson was very happy at half-time and he might have said a few uh, a few swear words to the players. But, <laughs> but yeah, it, it was absolutely vital we won, obviously. And you know, it's, it's, it's three points. We've done the double over Aston Villa, by the way, which yeah. is absolutely mental, um, considering the form we've been on lately. But but yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy. Um, obviously, I would have much rather uh, Burnley and Newcastle didn't pick up points, though. And if you're not too sure about what James is on about with Manuel Dennis's interview, I think he did an interview live on BBC and they asked him how it's going under Roy Hodgson. And he, he said that Royce um, is came in and he's brought in a lot of experience. And he actually said that um, one of the first things that he said was, we're in a fucked situation. And it just uh, live, live on BBC as well. So it was broadcast across the whole country, across the world. I just thought that's absolutely brilliant. It reminded me of the times when... Uh, 
Mika Richards. I think he, he scored a goal on like his debut or something for yeah. Manchester City, didn't he? I think it was about 16, 17 year old. Wasn't given like media training. He was just saying like, it was fucking buzzing off the scoring and <laughs> seeing that just reminded me of it. And it was absolutely class. But yeah, great performance for Watford yesterday. Much needed, especially after Brighton where we was all disappointed. And I'm sorry that me and James chewed your ear off last week and used the podcast as a bit of a counselling session. But if anything, it works. Maybe the players listened to it and watched it. So, yeah, you're welcome, boys. Um, but, yeah, let's start with the team news for starting lineup. There was two changes to what the team. Um, out went Kushka and KMB. And in came Ismail Sar and also Imran Loser. So, Watford actually re- um, went back to a 4-3-3 formation, which I, I welcomed because the 4-4-2 in the last previous games hasn't been great. So, we actually brought that attacking side to us back to to the starting lineup, so we had Ben Foster in goal, Kiko Feminia, uh, Craig Cathcart, Samir, and Kamara. And then the back, uh, the midfield three was Tom Cleverley, Imran Loser, Ms., uh, Sissoko, and up front was Ismail Asar, Joshua King, and Emmanuel Dennis. James, we knew what um, Ismail Asar brings to the team, and I think we saw that yesterday he was a much welcome addition into the side. I think I saw last, last time Watford actually won a game star started and his first game back and started with won the game again the boy just hits the ground running doesn't he and you know what he brings and he, he got an assist back yesterday he was unlucky not to have two assists actually um with Emmanuel Dennis's shot being well saved by Martinez but how vital was it to have um Ismail Assar starting from the from the off I think it's no coincidence that the last two matches Watford have won Ismail Assar obviously started in both and, and contributed to both. It was a ridiculous assist yesterday. Um, I actually thought, you know, Saar messed up, messed up the move, to be honest, because he obviously he, he stood still for such a while and I think yeah. he was trying to, you know, play with a defender and, you know, he whips that fantastic ball in for Dennis and great finish by Dennis as well. But, but you know, as, as you say, Ismail Assar is obviously, you know, I think he's a Champions League quality player. Is He's absolutely fantastic. He's obviously going to leave Watford this summer. I think that's apparent for everyone. So what I would say is just enjoy him while we've got him and, and hopefully with, with the quality he's got, he can he can keep Watford, you know, in the Premier League for, for another season. 100%, mate. It was much welcome to see him back. And it was just a pace that he brings to the side, wasn't it, when he stretches the, the, his, his legs and he gets Watford going and getting us up the pitch like we saw in the first half a moment. I think he spun his man and then just set us on the attack and played in the ball into Emmanuel Dennis. It was like, we've missed this. Like, we've had Emmanuel Dennis on one side of his pace, but to have Saar back on the other side, it gives both of the full-backs or the opposition something to think about. And I thought the full-backs really struggled against Watford's attackers yesterday. Um, but Imran loser as well, James, finally, he starts again again for Watford. Watford fans know what he brings to the side. It, it's difficult when managers change all the time, which we've chatted about last week, and they've got to learn about the players that they've, they've come to in the squad. But obviously, Imran Luce was on um, African Cup Nation duty with Morocco. So Roy Hodgson probably didn't see much of him until the last couple of weeks. But his um, half-time addition last week against Brighton, he put in a really good performance. I think Roy Hodgson said last week, saying um, after the game yesterday, saying how impressed he was against Brighton last week with his introduction and he had to start against Villa. He's got to start every single game now, doesn't he, James? He, he was phenomenal. Absolutely. I think he's, you know, exactly what we've been missing since since Will Hughes left. And I know they play slightly different roles and slightly different positions, but the tenacity, the passing ability, um, you know, driving forward, not always looking to go back to Ben Foster. He drives forward. He's looking for, for these, you know, massive passes to play and he, he gets them pretty much bang on, you know, every time he plays them. So, 
Imran Nuz is just he's, he's a class act, isn't he? He's, he's absolutely fantastic. Like Hassan Kamara, I think they just they just get the club, they yeah. get what we're about, and um, they understand what the fans want. So um, yeah, you know, as, as you say, he's, he's obviously a must start. I think there's only a few players in the squad who you could say have to start every week. Dennis, Loser, Kamara, and Samir are, are probably them players. Obviously, is Milasar as well. Um, it's just is absolutely fantastic, and yeah, obviously he does have to start every week, um, every game from now <laughs> until the end of the season. Yeah, start him even if he's got one leg for me, mate, because it's that is <laughs> that good. Like you say, I, I love how he doesn't automatically think about. It. He gets the ball and takes it back to Ben Foster. His first thought is to calm it down and then maybe get the ball forward. And it's not like he just gets the ball and passes it on. He travels with the ball, and we don't have many midfielders that are comfortable with the ball at their feet and can travel and beat men. And yesterday, his composure, where he picked Sarah out for the goal as well, where he, he just he, he checked back, composed himself, looked up, saw Sarah on the other side of the penalty box, pinned a pinpoint ball accuracy over to him and and that's a vision that Watford need and we've seen it in games before where he likes to he's a bit like a quarterback I think he is sometimes where he just sits in that um in front of the back four and he, he just pings balls across and we haven't seen that quality for so long um so he's, he's so young awesome. as well Ben I think he's only 22 yeah. years old so he's only oh, is that what it is 22 Jesus yeah, only 22 that's mental but yeah he, he has to start every single week now for me um, it's been phenomenal, um, and he can't be dropped after that performance. Roy, uh, he has to play him. He he was, I'd say, maybe joint man of a match. I'm going to throw another one there now to you, James. And it's not Emmanuel Dennis, even though he did get the goal, but I'm so impressed with Craig Cathcart. And like we've said before, and maybe the last three, four months, we, ha- we haven't really had any faults to put on Craig Cathcart's name. He, he, he's been consistently good. He's, I think he's been consistently like a 6.5, 7 out of 10 each game. Yesterday for me, it was probably about an 8 out of 10, 8.5 out of 10. Um, I, I know he probably let Inks behind him once and that's when Ink hit the post. But apart from that, he was very good. Um, do you agree? Do you think he's been really good lately? I think he's been our best, you know, our best defender this season. You've seen Williams used to come, come in, and out, in and out of the side. Sirielta's not really, you know, made his place permanently in the team. And Craig Cathcart has, has been there throughout all of our defensive struggles. And, you know, he's been the one, you know, consistent centre-back, you know, in the team throughout this season. He's kind of aged like a fine wine. Yes, I think he is uh, 33, 34 years old. So, you know, he can't play, you know, this well for, you know, for the, for the next five, six years. He is coming towards the end of his career and, and Watford will have to look for a, for a replacement at some point that, you know, yesterday, especially, you know, for, for the whole of the season, he's been good. But yesterday, you know, he was he was dominant. Um, he actually, you know, played some really good passes yesterday as well. I just thought, you know, his, his all-round game was was absolutely superb. So, again, you know, like Ismail Asar is a must-start, like Imran Luz is a must-start. I think Craig Cathcart is as well, because as, as we've said, he's been, he's been superb this season. 100% must-start at the moment. And I think it's down to um the inclusion of Samir next to him and I think they're forming a really good partnership at the back and I'm very impressed with Samir as well I know I think all Watford fans had their hearts in their mouth within the first three to four minutes when um Ings was running into the box and Samir it looked like he well the penalty wasn't given but he got a tiny touch on the ball and that was enough for referee to say that no penalty because it, it it went to VAR and they quickly dismissed it didn't they James but what I didn't understand is uh, and it's 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 dangerous situation to do is when football grounds show the replay on the big screens 
Um, they did it yesterday for the Villa um, decision. They played it on the big screens at Villa Park. The Villa fans saw it and they shouted straight away going, penalty, now nah, you seen that? And the, the players are seeing it. Steven Gerrard's seen it. And you, you, you shouldn't really be doing that. I think football clubs are advised not to do that. So the moment that was played on the big screens and I heard the, the eruption from the Villa fans, I thought, oh, penalty, 1-0 down after four minutes. It's going to be a long, long afternoon. But luckily, VAR stepped in and said, no, no penalty. We're going to stick with the decision of the referee. And that was a much welcome relief. Because you imagine, James, four minutes in, just conceding a penalty. It would have been what Watford have done in previous games, well, previous months. Well, I actually quite like it when uh, when they show the replay on the screen. Because how many times, Ben, have we been at, at Vicarage Road? Um, you know, if someone's put a challenge in, let's say Adam Messina's put a challenge in on someone, right? A clumsy challenge. It might be a penalty. It might not be a penalty. In, in the stands, we're not quite sure what's going on. Whereas when they show the replay, even though obviously it might be controversial and it might get, you know, the crowd rolled up, you know, at least at least the fans can, you know, can, you know, get their own take on on, on what actually happened and make their own decision. Um, I, I do think it probably contributed to a more hostile atmosphere at Villa Park, potentially. Um, you know, the, the, the fans were obviously riled up after after that decision not going their way. So in terms of, you know, showing VAR on, on the screens, I, I think they should do it at every football ground, personally, because I think, it, you know, in terms of transparency to the fans and, and why referees and VAR make their decisions, I think, you know, especially with offsides as well, I think, you know, a, a lot of fans, uh, you know, when they draw the lines are, are a bit baffled sometimes. So I, I think they should probably do that um, going forward at, at every ground. I think Manchester United is probably the only ground that actually doesn't have um, a TV monitor. So maybe apart from Old Trafford, um, they can do it. They can they can show it at, at every game. It would be interesting to see if they do actually look to do that in the future. Maybe like the decisions that have been like made and why they're saying that it's not a penalty and that, and then shot on a big screen when it's like gone out of play next to something. It'd be interesting just to see just where we know because we don't actually know until we get home and put on match of the day and oh, James match of the day. It, I actually pressed record last night and wanted to watch match of the day. I thought oh. Get brilliant. What for the one a game? They're going to be talking about us, praising us. We haven't had that for ages. But um, yeah, brilliant stuff from Watford yesterday um, on Match of the Day. Finally, um, it's been so long since we've been on Match of the Day. Um, but James, in the first half, you were saying about the atmosphere and like maybe that decision went on the big screens and made it a bit hostile. But I thought maybe after about 20, 25 minutes, the frustration of the Villa Park fans, the, the Villa fans were starting to show onto a pitch and getting on the backs of the players. They weren't happy that Watford were containing Villa and making it difficult and Villa weren't taking their chances. Well, after that, obviously, I mean, we mentioned the penalty incident, but after that, really, we, we restricted Villa to, to, you know, really, really long shots, really, you know, taking shots in 30, 35 yards out. You know, Ben Foster didn't really have a difficult save to make throughout the game at all. I, I can't really um, remember off, off the top of my head, you know, a world-class save that Ben Foster made. So I think defensively, we held quite a high line. Um, you know, I, I just thought defensively, we just looked a lot more solid than, than we had done um, previously. I think I read a stat, it was like, we've kept as many clean sheets in the last four games as we had in the previous 36 games in the Premier League, which is crazy. Um, but, you know, that, that shows that Roy Hilton's come in. He has solidified us. Yes, obviously, you know, it is frustrating to, to watch the football. Sometimes it is, you know, can be dull to watch. Um, obviously, I'd love to see us score more goals than we do. But ultimately, you know, Roy Hodgson has, has shut me up because he got his tactics right yesterday. Defensively, we were more solid. We got the goal through Emmanuel Dennis and we won the game 1-0 and, and quite comfortably, to be honest. Obviously, Aston Villa had them 
had a couple of chances through Danny Ings, but apart from that, that was it. So Roy Hodgson really has, has shut me up there. Yeah, Roy Hodgson masterclass, and I, yeah, we we both were very critical of him last week. But I do think the way we set up away from home, I think we might pick up more points on the road than we do at home. I do think it suits us a bit better away from home. If we play that kind of football at home, I think the fans might get a bit restless watching us. But away from home, when you set them up and you, you're looking to counter-attack, I, I do think that's going to work more in our favour. And I wouldn't be surprised if we go to Old Trafford and get a result. I'm not saying a victory, but I, I do think a, a point is very realistic. And who knows? I know they picked up a victory today against Leeds, a 4-2 victory. But I wouldn't be surprised if Watford, if, if uh, Roy Hodgson has another great game plan and snuffs out the... Manchester United attacks. I wouldn't be surprised if we do come back with three points. Um, but the victory yesterday for me, James, it was we just stopped Villa from playing. Um, I know Coutinho had a few opportunities from distance. I thought everything was coming through Coutinho, but we was, we was quick to try and close him down and put him under pressure. But Watford under Roy Hodgson, it looks like we're just like we're defending the whip for the penalty box, aren't we? We're making that middle of that park very compact. And it's difficult for any teams to pass through it. Um, and the press was back yesterday, I thought. Every time a Villa player received the ball, we was quick out to them and we was um, closing down the angles for them to make a pass or to have an actual shot on target. Um, so that has impressed me with Roy Hodgson. He, he has, it does look like he's getting the commitment of the players. And do you think yesterday that we did see a lot of desire and passion from Watford players? Because in previous games, maybe, especially against Brighton, we were saying we, we feel like there's not much of a connection to the players lately. But I think we've seen it yesterday that there is a bit more of a connection we've seen, especially with like Kamara, Dennis, Loser. They, they showed they really wanted that yesterday. Well, you mentioned Kamara there. I think he's so instrumental to, to the bat line. And God forbid he gets injured because I think, we, you know, we'd, we'd be so lost about Hassan Kamara. He's, he's an absolutely superb player. Um, you know, I'd say, you know, again, like Ismail Asar, he should be playing European football at, at a top club. He's, he's fantastic. And, and Watford have, have got him for such a sniffer at £4 million. So, it's, it's, you know, you're talking about the bat line there, Ben. I think, you know, Samir, yes, he's, he's come in and been good. Kiko's been good. Kafka had a good game yesterday. Foster in recent weeks has been better. But ever since Hassan Kamara come in, I think that's kind of coincided with with the, with the lift in form and, you know, with the lift of, you know, defensive stability in the Watford back line. So for me, um, you know, I'd pin a lot, you know, a lot of these performances on, on Hassan Kamara because, you know, he's, he just adds so much attacking, attacking wise, um, you know, defensively, the overlapping runs he makes is just, you know, I, I think he's superb. So, Again, you know, we do have talented players in this team. It's just about getting them to, to work together. And, you know, Ismail Assar's come back. Kamara's here. Samir's here. Luz is back. Jean Pedro will be back soon. It, it, it is getting exciting. And, you know, this is what this is what a win can do. You know, we're sitting here and, you know, being really, really positive today. Whereas last week, you know, as, as you say, we were having a right old rant. So, you know, this this win has really, uh, <laughs> really lifted my spirits. <laughs> That's good to see, mate. Um, but... What we want with Watford and their signings is we, you want players to come in and hit the ground running. And that's what we've we've seen with Kamara, isn't it? And I'll, I'll throw Samir into that category as well. Bar that little mistake at Norwich at home where he, he um, tried to shield the ball out of play and then the ball went into the back of the net um, from a lovely goal from Sargent. Apart from that, I don't think Samir's really put a foot wrong in a Watford shirt. 
Um, so he's been really solid and improved that back line. He's definitely an upgrade on Truce Econ. But he's naturally left-footed as well, Ben. I think we, we've been crying out that's for left-footed centre-back for, for such a long time. It adds to the balance of the back four, doesn't it? And it, it just makes them all look a bit more comfortable. And you know if the ball's going to go out on, onto the left-hand side to Samir and he's looking to clear it, he could clear that first time, no worries. Um, not under pressure, whereas maybe... If it was a right-footed centre-back, they would have more of an issue trying to get rid of that ball. Maybe they'd want to take a touch and like bring it down and bring it back to Foster. But Samir, he might control it or knock it out wide. And he would find a pass. And I'm quite impressed with his vision of passing it as well. I do think he can pick a pass. Like we've seen before with Truce Econ when he's in the back line, he tries to do that long ball, but it doesn't really come off for me sometimes. Um, but when Samir does his diagonal ball, I'm really impressed with how he does pick out his... Um, Man, but also, like, I know we've, we've named quite a few people who impressed us yesterday, James. And we we spoke last week about Villa, and we was doing a preview saying about how Villa have got a, a spine of a side, and we couldn't really relate to that at Watford. But I think, off the base of yesterday's performance and thinking about it out loud, that there is slowly a spine of this Watford side. And you just need to fill in those tiny areas around the pitch. Like, obviously, you've got Ben Foster, who's in goal. And I think once he's, since he's been back, he's been brilliant. And he's calmed down the Watford defence. If Batman was in goal still, he'll be, well, he'll be throwing his toys out of the pram every time we weren't getting out the box quick enough for him to throw the ball to. Uh, but he's just calmed things down. And the vocal presence of him as well has been brilliant. Um, and then you probably so you've got Samir and Cathcart, and I wouldn't change that partnership at, at all. So that's added to the spine. In midfield, you've got Loser. He has to start every game now. And then up top, you, you've got Dennis and Saar. I, I think King did an OK job yesterday, um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't put him in as a, that spine of a side yet. He's got to do more for me, James. Uh, were you impressed with um, Joshua King yesterday? I thought first half he struggled. Second half, he was a bit better. Uh I thought he was good. I thought he was better than than he has been recently. I do think he should have scored. You know, he had that opportunity right in front of goal that, you know, it, it was it was difficult because because the goalkeeper was there. You know, he didn't really have you know any anywhere to shoot apart from where he shot. Uh, I do think he should have done better there. Same with Dennis in the first half. I think they both should have scored. Sissoko had a good opportunity. I'm sure we'll mention that as well. Um, yeah, J- Joshua King is just frustrating because. Dennis is contributing, Sars contributing, uh, Joshua King, you know, isn't contributing in terms of goals and assists. I thought, you know, he, he ran around a lot, which is, you know, what I expect every Watford player to do. He made some good runs, you know, he got in behind a couple of times. But in terms of a clinical striker um, and, you know, scoring goals week in, week out, I don't think he is quite that. Um, but he had good hold-up play, you know, he laid the ball off to Saar, Dennis at times. Um, but yeah, as you say, I do want him to obviously be start scoring more goals and, and contributing more to the team. But I, I thought he was better. He was definitely better than he was against Brighton, to put it that way. Yeah, definitely. And if he keeps on getting in his right areas like he did with that chance that was saved by Martinez, the ball, it will fall to him and he will score, uh, score sooner or later. So I'm impressed with that. And his hold-up play, you can't fault it. For, he's not the biggest of guys, but the way he holds the ball up, I'm really impressed with him. And he does bring other people into play. Um, we've got a, a comment here from Paul. Um, for everyone who's not uh, watching on YouTube, we're, we're, we're live on YouTube again, and we've got a couple of comments that came up. And there's a comment from um, Paul Whittenbury, and he said, the last six away wins have come under six managers is a crazy stat. Um, time for a, a, a change now so we can pick up the seventh win. Um, I, I think James would welcome that. He's not Roy Hodgson's biggest fan, but seventh, that is a crazy set, um, James, isn't it? 
Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I saw that stat the other day and it just shows how it just shows how poor we've been really in in the Premier League in terms of away form because you know that that stat really is 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 is, is absolutely terrible. But you know, I, I know I've criticised Roy Hodgson. I, I do have to give him credit for yesterday because you know it, it was overall a really good performance tactically from from Roy um, and and from the players. So yeah, you know, forget my Roy slander for the moment. You know, when we lose our next game, <laughs> I'll bring it back up. But but for now, I'll give Roy the credit, and you know, Roy can go to sleep knowing that you know James Batchelor isn't going to be criticising him today. <laughs> and we've also got a message from the other co-host, Mike Duffy, who's uh, unable to join us again tonight. Um, but he's actually said that he's happy because we beat those brummy buggers. Because uh, obviously Mike's from Birmingham and he's not, um, he just can't really stand Birmingham or Villa, can he? Um, so, yeah, I'm glad Mike's happy and I hope you're doing well, mate. Um, and also, um, there's another comment as well. Um, Said. Um, said how can you be live at the same time as WD18 on YouTube I'd love to see a uh, collaboration I completely muddled that uh, but yeah sorry that we were actually recording at the same time as the WD18 lads we, we didn't know that was recording at 7 tonight when we arranged it but this is the only time that I really have after putting Isla to bed so I do apologise it clashes with them but uh, thank you for everyone who's watching at the moment but yeah James um, back to the game. Um, we've seen Emmanuel Dennis pick up his ninth goal of the season yesterday. A bullet header. Uh, Martinez had no chance, did he? Um, and we said a couple of weeks ago, I think it was a Burnley game, wasn't it, when the ball whipped into the box and I said to you, um, it was Joe Pedro with a header on goal. And I said to you, if that was Emmanuel Dennis there, he, he would have buried that because we've seen how strong he is in the air and how good he is with that head. And he just showed it yesterday again. It, he's so dangerous when the ball's in the air, isn't he? Oh, I think it made it even better as well because it was Ashley Young actually who was marking uh, <laughs> Dennis. Obviously, Ashley Young. Uh, I'm sure everyone is aware who's listening to this, but Ashley Young, formerly of Watford, uh, most recently Ashley Young scored them two goals at the Vic, and you know he celebrated in front of the Watford fans, and and ever since then, you know Watford fans, you know, haven't you know really um, liked Ashley Young very much whatsoever. So so that made the goal better for me. The fact that you know Emmanuel Dennis got the better of, of Ashley Young, but but yeah, you, you mentioned you know the header is is absolutely superb in the air. It's deceptively good in the air actually because I don't really think he's. Is that tall? If you give me a second, I'm just going to Google um, Emmanuel Dennis's height because he's, he's definitely under six foot, and and for a guy under six foot, which he is, um, you know, in the air, he's, he's fantastic. I mean, we've seen João Pedro score score a fantastic header against Newcastle. Dennis has scored one against uh, Norwich. He scored one against um, obviously Aston Yeah, we've we scored a few um, aerial goals, haven't we? Like even like Kushku away at Everton away, one another one. In the air, um, we, we have. I, I do wish we had, had more goals from set pieces. I wish we could beat that first man whenever we try and get a ball into a box from a corner because it frustrates me so much. Like these professional footballers, it's like they, they train all week. Surely they they dedicate half an hour or so to try and whipping in balls into a box. And I don't know what it is when it comes down to a match day, but it's the most frustrating thing as a fan is watching your team that can't beat a first man from a corner. Well, what I would say is I was a bit baffled why uh, why Kiko Feminier seemed to be taking a lot of our corners. You know, if, if I was the manager of Watford, I'd probably put uh, Imran Luza on the corners just because, you know, we've seen how good he is at, you know, delivering the ball to, to players in tricky positions. And, and obviously Imran Luza, we've seen him on set pieces for, for his old club and, and for his country as well. And he, he looks really, really good. So if I was Roy, I'd, I'd probably look to, you know, swap Kiko out or cleverly out uh, for Luza on set pieces because... 
I think he'd definitely deliver the ball with, with a lot more quality. And, and obviously, if we, if we can get them players in the box, like Dennis, like Kuchka, um, João Pedro as well, um, you know, we, we can... We, we can be a real threat, but I think, as you say, you know, our, our goals from set pieces this season has been lacking and it's something we need to improve on because if we can sort that out, you know, we can get an extra three, four, five goals a season that, you know, could contribute to, to keeping us up and, and getting us up the table. So I, I do think it's something that obviously, you know, we, we do need to work on. Exactly. And especially with teams down at the bottom of the table where you're not really going to get many opportunities. And if it's tight to do it nil-nil, I think you use set pieces from like corners and free kits as a bit of a weapon and you get that ball into a box and you really have to attack it and try and make the most out of that opportunity. Like we've seen before with like the past of like the Bolton teams under Sam Allardyce back in the Premier League absolutely years ago. West Brom, like with Craig Dawson, he always used to attack the, the, the ball and always scored goals but those kind of teams who were always towards the bottom of the tables they would always make use of their set pieces and uh, it's just the same that what they don't really do for at the moment hopefully it changes hopefully Roy's seen that and he'll get them working on that more in the training ground but James have you found out how tall Emmanuel Dennis actually is? I have, um, and I believe he is under six foot. Is one meter uh, seventy-five. So if I do the if I do the conversion quickly, one meter seventy-five in feet is five foot seven. So Emmanuel Dennis five foot seven. And for a guy who's five foot seven, he's he's got he's got a great leap on him, hasn't he? Bloody hell! Even I'm taller than him, James, and you call me a bit of a short ass. <laughs> no, to be fair, when, when we met in real life, Ben, you are a, you are a very small man. So so <laughs> a so, small yeah. man. <laughs> To be fair, when I first met you, James, I wasn't expecting you to be so tall. I thought you was going to be this scrawny little little kid, but you're actually quite tall. Well, thank you. Thank you. I'll, I'll take that as a compliment, I presume. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Good, good. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, Emmanuel Dennis picked up his ninth goal of the season. If I'm totally honest, I feel like what we, we came away with a 1-0 victory, but it, it, it could have been more and it should have been more. Uh, could have easily been two or three. Um, Sissoko again. What was he? What was he thinking? I think his decision making in those um, final moments are really poor, James, and it just lets him down because I did think it was an improved performance from him yesterday. I did say last week that I haven't been impressed with him, but yesterday I thought he he turned up and was much better in that middle of the park. But whenever he he gets into a penalty area, I, I'll give him credit. The ball was closer to the net this time. <laughs> But he should he should have squared that to Emmanuel Dennis, and that would have been the tapping, wouldn't it, James? Well, Suzuka does everything right apart from his final ball in in the attacking <laughs> third. I think that you know at Newcastle, at Tottenham, I think all of their fans when when Suzuka was at them clubs, you know that was their one you know criticism of him that every time he had a shot, it would go 30, 40 yards over the bar. And you know obviously you know we didn't bring Suzuka in to be a goal scoring midfielder. But when he does get into them positions, when Emmanuel Dennis has a tap in and all he's got to do is square it across the box, you know, that's what I expect Sissoko to do. And I, I just don't think he really, you know, lifted his head up and, and looked around because he was just driving forward. He got the shot away. Um, I don't even think the shot was on target, was it? So, you know, that was poor no. from Sissoko. And actually, if Sissoko, um, you know, is it, if we went on to draw the game or potentially lose the game, uh, you know, we could be having a totally different discussion about Sissoko today because it was a massive opportunity to go... You know, we would have gone, I think, 2 0 up at that point, wouldn't we? Or, or was it 1 0? I can't remember, but I think it would have been 1 0, yeah. I think it was about 10 minutes before we actually scored. And when I say when we scored as well, I think we've seen before in Watford teams, especially last time we was in the Premier League and we was that last couple of months um, to stay in the division, 
I felt Watford scored too early into the games, and then it was that it was dangerous for Watford to hold on to the leads, and then we would end up conceding and then losing the games. But the the game plan yesterday worked, and we scored quite late on, James, didn't we? And it was I think ten minutes to go, and we scored. If you're going to score, that's the kind of the time that you you need to score, isn't it, to win games? And it was it was perfectly timed for Watford. And I, I know afterwards we had um, a lot of added on time, um, but. That's the kind of a, the time of the, the game. If you are to win a game, that's when you show up, isn't it? And Watford, they picked their moment and they, they did well to get the goal there. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, I'd much rather put the game to to bed earlier on, you know, score, you know, two, yeah. three goals and, and obviously, you know, put, put the opposition to bed as, as early on as possible. But, you know, scoring that late on, you know, Aston Villa, obviously, after that goal, committed players forward. There was loads of space in the counter-attack. Um, and Watford probably could have had one or two more after after we scored as well. But, you know, Aston Villa, you know, credit to them. They did put us under pressure for the last 10 minutes. The referee added on six minutes. Then he seemed to find another three minutes from somewhere, which, you know, I was I was very, very baffled about. I'm not too sure what the referee was doing there. I think there was nearly 10 minutes added time in total. Um, but yeah, you know, you, you are right. If you do score that later on, 75, 80th minute, um, you know, it's a lot harder for the opposition to, to get back into the game. And, you know, you've at least really guaranteed yourself a point. You know, if you are scoring, you know, around the 80th minute, it's very, very hard for, for the opposition to come back and win the game. So, um, you know, I, I hope that, you know, Roy Hodgson's not planned it that way. I hope he, he'd go out and score <laughs> as many goals as possible and put the game to bed as quickly as he can. But, but yeah, I think I think you're right. Scoring that late on, obviously, you know, did help us in, in this situation. And I was saying last week, James, just before we was wrapping up the show last week, saying that, I really hope the boys turned up and gave the fans something to sing about because they deserved it and we've not had much um, for them to sing about lately. But they were in fine voice yesterday, weren't they, James? But they were singing Graham Taylor's uh, name loud and proud as well around the 72, 73rd minute, which everyone heard him. I, I absolutely love that, especially going to one of his former clubs as well where he managed Villa and they think highly of him as well. But the, the song that made me chuckle was um, we don't really get many humorous um, songs going or we don't get the opportunity to sing it but whenever when at the moment we went one up what fans were singing how shit must you be we're winning away and I, I absolutely love that and I hate it when teams use it against us when we're we're playing like teams that are struggling down at the bottom of the table and and, and they're singing it like I think we've had Norwich sing it to us before and but it, it's great to be singing that to the other fans isn't it James especially when they, they're going to the games. They know it on paper. It's probably three points Aston Villa all day long. But Watford turned up, upset them on their on their big day out, and um, we um, took three points back to Hertfordshire. And it's so satisfying when that happens, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And you know, credit to the fans that travelled as well, because I know there's a lot of issues with the trains after the storm, and you know whether the trains would be running to Birmingham from London, Euston, and you know it's pretty much a packed out away end for Watford. So credit to everyone for travelling, obviously after the storm. Um, and yeah, you know, it's so good. Obviously, when you're winning, the fans are pumped up, the songs are going. Uh, I'm gutted I couldn't be there really. It was, you know, it looked like a great away day, to be honest. And we've had, we've had a few good away days this season, actually, with Everton. We had uh, Norwich away, and now we've, we've now we've had Aston Villa away. So hopefully, we can add a few more to that list. Um, but yeah, as you said, the fans were, the fans were absolutely class yesterday. Great to see the players after the game giving away um, their boots, their shirts as well. I thought that was really, really good to see. Obviously, it's easier to do that after, after a win. Um, yeah. <laughs> It was great to They'll see. They'll be throwing them back a bit. It was a defeat, weren't they? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think I would. I think I'd still, I think I'd still uh, uh, keep it if, if a player gave it to me. But but yeah, you know, it was really, really good to see. And 
I just hope it continues because, you know, I think we've lacked a connection between obviously the players, the club um, and the fans in, in recent weeks and recent months, really. Um, and yeah, you know, yesterday, you know, especially, you know, at, at the end of the game when the players come over, I thought it, I thought it was superb and exactly what, what the fans who travel deserved, really. Exactly. And that's what we're saying. We, we want this connection with the players. And we definitely saw that yesterday. And like you say, it does help when Watford pick up victories and that. But it, it's a lovely gesture. They don't have to go over there and give away their shirts or their boots or whatever they want to give away. Uh, I, I love seeing a man who Dennis, he gave away his shirt and then actually took a selfie with the fan as well. Uh, top class character, Emmanuel Dennis. And there was all said about his actual problem before. Um, we've not really seen signs of it. I know he had a bit of a sticky patch during the time of the African Cup of Nations, but maybe he was just a bit out of form there because he looks back to his best. And when Emmanuel Dennis is playing and he's on, he's on top draw, we've definitely got a chance of staying in this division. Um, but what that win did do yesterday, actually what lifted Watford up a place in the table. We've overtaken Norwich in the table now. Uh, we're third bottom now instead of second bottom. Um, and we've got a big game coming up Wednesday night, James. And yeah, Crystal Palace on Wednesday is huge. If Watford win, it does blow the relegation battle wide open, doesn't it? Because obviously we've seen Leeds lose again today. Brentford lost to Arsenal yesterday. Um, Norwich obviously lost at Liverpool as well. Newcastle only picked up a point uh, and West Ham. So we have gained two points on Newcastle. Um, so it really does blow it wide open if we do actually get a victory. And I don't think, I, I even think if we get a draw against um, Palace as well, I think it'd be um, a good point in the right direction. But three points, it'd be absolutely massive, wouldn't it? Well, I mean, just, just talking about the ramifications now with Watford win, Watford currently are on 18, 18 points in, in 18th place. Uh, if Watford win and we go up to 21 points, we'll be within a point of Newcastle, we'll, we'll be within a point of Everton, two points of Leeds, three points of Brentford. And, you know, if Watford win on Wednesday, we're dragging three or four teams, you know, straight back into the relegation battle. So, yes, the win at Aston Villa was good. But if we then go and beat Crystal Palace on Wednesday, suddenly... Um, the teams above us will will be looking down and, and panicking, to be honest. So I think, you know, the pressure on Watford to get the win on, on Wednesday is huge. It's absolutely huge. And this is really the point of the season where it can all change. Because if we then lose on Wednesday and the teams below us win again, uh, then, we you know, we're dragged back down. But if we win um, and we catch up the teams above us, you know, them teams are suddenly looking below and thinking, you know, oh, crap, you know, Watford are, are, are doing well and, you know, that they could be taking our place. So... I think the result on Wednesday is huge. I think it's a must-not-lose rather than rather than a must-win. As you say, I wouldn't yeah. take the draw. Um, but obviously, if we do win and we do get the three points, the, the amount of pressure that puts on the teams above us is is fantastic. And, you know, suddenly, you know, yes, you know, we can't get out of the relegation zone yet because there's there's too much of a gap to, to build up at the moment. But if we do win, uh, you know, I'm I'm suddenly a very, very happy guy, put it that way. And I don't know if you agree with this, James, as well. The one team that's sticking out for me at the moment, who I think they're on a, a big slide as well, um, and it, it's Brentford. Uh, they are slowly falling down the table. Their results lately haven't been great. Um, and and when the results a few months back weren't great for Brentford, they were putting it down to their goalkeeper being out. But Raya is actually back now, and their results haven't improved at all when they picked up another defeat yesterday in like you said, they're not too far ahead of us. I think they might be, what, about five, six points in front of us now. Yeah. Um, so that two wins and we've caught up with them. Um, but we're at that point of the season now where there's, was there 14 games left? There's lots of points on the board to play for. And that 
three points at Villa is absolutely vital and so important important for us and the confidence it's going to give the boys going into this week and I actually learned that the other day that Watford didn't actually have any training sessions on Friday as well because of a storm which you talked about just a minute ago as well so Roy Hudson actually had to write a day off um, training with a team and they still turned up and executed his game plan like that which was absolutely brilliant but going into Palace they're going to be so full of confidence now and we just need to start the game quickly don't we I think we need to start it positively and Hopefully, what are you expecting from the game um, Wednesday night, um, James? Because obviously it's against um, Roy Hodgson's former club. He retired. He supposedly retired at Palace last season, um, but he, he's back in the dugout with Watford now with Ray Lewington. Uh, he, he'll know a lot about this Palace side, won't he? So, do you reckon he'll be in in the era of like Kiko and um, Kamara saying this? This is what you need to do with Zaha, or is he just going to show in clips of what Kapu's done to him in the previous years? Well, it's a very, very interesting game because obviously, you know, Roy Hodgson originally managing Palace, Wilfred Zaha coming back to Vicarage Road. That's always, it's always great to see. And obviously, Will Hughes is now at Crystal Palace as well. So the actual game is, you know, quite a few, you know, Watford connections in there. Um, You know, what am I expecting? I think Crystal Palace obviously played good football under Patrick Vieira. Um, You know, he's a fantastic manager by the looks of it. He plays the, the, the football that I'd want to see as a fan, really, you know, passing it on the floor. Um, young young players, Conor Gallagher, Alise, you know, Zaha's always a threat. You know, they, they do play the football that I like. Um, but obviously, as, as we are Watford fans, we do not like Crystal Palace whatsoever. So I think for me, you know, I want the Vic to be hostile Palace on Wednesday. Um, I think the atmosphere at the Vic in recent weeks has been awful, um, to, put, to put it lightly. I think the fans really have been, um, you know, ever since I've been going to Watford, it's, it's probably been the worst I've ever seen it, really. You know, going back to Walter Mazzari, that was, that was kind of, you know, as bad as it got, really. But I want a hostile atmosphere, Crystal Palace. Um, and I want to give Will, Will Hughes a hostile atmosphere, Wilfred Zaha a hostile atmosphere. I just want to make it difficult for them. And, you know, hopefully the players can, can do the job on the pitch because, I think we proved it this season that, you know, when we want to win games, we can win them. You know, we beat Man United, we beat Everton, we beat Norwich, we beat Aston Villa. You know, we, we can we can win games, but I think the problem is um, we've played too much as individuals at times this season, whereas against Aston Villa, you know, we did play as, play as a team. So as long as we, you know, play, play as we did against Aston Villa um, and give 100%, that, that's really all I, all I can ask for. And, you know, as we said, I, I would take a draw, of course, but... You know, we've discussed the ramifications if Watford win the game and the ramifications are huge. So if I was Watford, I'd be looking to attack from the off, stick with the 4-3-3 formation because I think that benefits the players we've got um, and, and give it to Palace. Don't sit back, don't let them have the ball, press them, attack them um, and make life difficult for them. Yeah, definitely. And like you say, Watford fans don't really like Crystal Palace either. Um, personally, for me, I can't stand them, but that's just personal experience in the past. Um don't know if you remember, James, but um, before the 1881, we we had a group called the Yellow Order, um, and it was in the top corner of RS4 in a rookery. And I used to be part of that. And me and my mate um, back in the day, Ross, we we actually um, took the drum to the uh, the games, and we used to um, bang the drum at the back of a rookery uh, to get the atmosphere going. And I think it was a midweek game one night. Um, I was. Um, I was walking, I parked my car in Casterbury, so I was walking from Casterbury with a massive drum because back then the, the club didn't really look after your equipment and that. So yeah. imagine like midweek, we had a Palace game as well, midweek, and I was walking to the ground um, with my little sister with the, the drum on my shoulder. And then the next minute, I, I was walking down um, past one of the fish and chip shops, and out of nowhere, there was about 
15 Palace fans all dressed in black. They had their balaclavas up and they saw me with a drum. And what did they do? They came running over and they, they jumped me. Um, so I, I, I can't stand Palace. But that's because of that. Um, I wouldn't have minded if they did it to me when I was on my own. But in front of my little sister, I ain't got no time for that. It's absolutely scum and low life. So that's why I can't stand Palace. But yeah, hopefully we pick up three points. And uh, what kind of reception do you think um, Will Hughes is going to get um, this, um, this coming Wednesday? Um, because obviously he, he, he was he was a fan's favourite at Watford. We, we respected him. We we loved him. He always played for the shirt. But there was a towards the end of his um, Watford career, not nothing on the pitch. It was what was going off in the summer, wasn't it, James? Where he he didn't want to sign a new contract. And look, we don't actually know the ins and out of what actually happened with um, Will Hughes. We've only heard hearsay and heard what we've heard through Adam Leventhal, but supposedly he didn't want to sign a new contract due to like clauses being put in if what we were going to get relegated. But how how do you think he's going to be received at um, Vicarage Drive Wednesday? I I I can't actually make the game, so I'm looking after my daughter. But if if I was there, I'd clap him because I don't I don't see him. I don't see why he should deserve any stick um, from Watford fans. Would Would you applaud him? I would, um, but I think the general consensus is going to be negativity, just because you know yeah. you mentioned the stories that Adam Leventhal published in the summer. Obviously, as you say, we we don't really know the ins and outs of the contract situation that looked like he wanted a amount of money that Watford couldn't necessarily necessarily afford, or obviously he wanted that release uh, relegation clause you mentioned removed, where if we got relegated, his wages would go down. I think because of that, I think I think it'll be quite mi- mixed with it. I think there'll be some people who, as I've said, you know, won't be happy with him because of, because of what happened. Um, but then you look at the alternative side where, you know, he was instrumental in getting us to, to the FA Cup final. Uh, he, was, he was a crucial part of that team under Javi. Um, and he was a quality player and, and ultimately, yes, you know, he, he, he didn't remain at Watford, but I do think hopefully he will get a good reception, but I, I do think it will be quite mixed. Yeah. I just hope he has a quiet game because when he, when he, when he starts flying into challenges and gets his foot on the ball, that's when, you know, Hughes at his best, isn't he? So, um, and then we're just seeing a, a message come up from um, John Parslow who's using, I think his daughter's account again, which he's done before. And he says, I hope Hughes gets a good uh, reaction. It's John, by the way, on the daughter's account. So cheers, John. Thanks for watching. Um, yeah, I totally agree. I, I, like you say, he's done so much for Watford and he didn't have to stick around with Watford when we actually got relegated in the Championship last time as well. And he was one of the big characters to get us back up into the Premier League. And he, he pulled up his sleeves in a lot of games when things weren't looking good for us um, when we were trying to bounce back up for the first attempt. So he definitely deserves a good reception. And if I was there, I'll give it. I'll, I'll give him a good reception from Couch, James. How about that? Yeah, that sounds good. That sounds good. <laughs> and and just quickly before we go, James, we'll do a quick score prediction as well. And and then after that, I'll, I want to. Um, John actually, John's just put up another comment quickly. Um, there was there was clearly fault on both sides with Will Shoes. I think the club drew a line in the sand as they needed to protect the long term finances. Uh, but it was a huge shame, huge talent. But loser is better. Do you agree with that, James? Do you think losers better than um, Will Hughes? I think, I think age is on his side, isn't it? With loser, he's got a lot more potential here. He's a lot more younger. You can grow and make him mature into a really good player. And the signs that we've seen so far is really encouraging, isn't it? With him, round loser. 
it is really encouraging. I'm, I'm not going to make a direct comparison between the two just because they, they do play slightly you know, different positions. I think Will Hughes was definitely more defensive minded. Um, whereas as we saw, you know, against Aston Villa, you know, Imran Uza looks to drive forward. He looks to create opportunities. Um, but yeah, you know, I think the potential is there for Uza to go on and, and be, be a superb player for us. And, and ultimately, you know, whenever that happens at Watford, you know, big clubs come, come sniffing around as they probably will with Saar. You know, João Pedro will ultimately happen to him in the future as well. I think Luzer has the potential to go on and be, and be a you know a star player for us. So, um, so yeah, definitely you know Luzer can, can you know by far you know surpass what Will Hughes has done in, in in his career so far. Yeah, and George White agrees with you, and John Parzo as well, saying Luzer is a better player. Uh, you, you can't disagree with that. You you can see what he's done in a Watford shirt this season as well and he's not played many games James as well we're, we're judging him off a, a small handful of games isn't it um, before he went away in the African Cup of Nations he, he was starting to feature and play week in week out but I don't think he put a, a massive consecutive game off um, in in the team together did he we've, we've not seen much of him I think we we might have seen him only start maybe about I don't know eight, eight nine, ten games for Watford but what we have seen and it has impressed the Watford fans and to remember in the summer we did spend the most amount of money on him as well. Um and John Parlos just came up with another comment saying I, I can hear the chant now, he's better than you, he's better than you, in round loser, he's better than Hughes. <laughs> so yeah, get that one going, John, on uh, Wednesday night. Uh, but yeah, quick score prediction, James. Um hopeful for a result against Palace. Um I'm looking forward to seeing what your two are this week. <laughs> yeah, I am hopeful. I'm a, lot, I'm a lot more hopeful than I was after after the Brighton game. Uh, you know, realistically, I'd take a draw. So, you know, realistically, I'll, I'll go with 1-1. But, you know, in my heart, what I want to happen is, you know, a free 4-0 demolition. I want Wilfred Zaha to get sent <laughs> off. Um, I want Harry the Hornet to be, you know, dancing in front of the... Uh, the Crystal Palace away and that's what I'd like um, but you know realistically I think it could end in a draw but I'd, I'd hope Watford will, will go on and win the game Definitely um, I'm going to go with a I'm going to go with a 2-1 Watford win um, I, I do see a scoring I do think Palace will probably score this week but I don't think we're going to have consecutive back-to-back games um, of clean sheets. Um, I think that's too much to ask for at this position at the moment in the season. Look, we've just had two two clean sheets in the last uh, four. last four games, so we'll definitely take that. But I don't think we're going to get another clean sheet against Palace. They've got a good threat going forward. I, I like Elise. I think he's, he's top draw. Um, Gallagher as well. Uh, but this is actually the second time we've played um, Palace this season, isn't it, James? Um, did, we, did we play them... In the cup at the start of a season, or was yes, it? Yes, so we played them in the pre-season friendly. We played them in the cup, and then obviously we played them uh, in the two league games as well. So I think at the end of the season, we would have played Crystal Palace four times, which uh, which is very very interesting. Oh no, yeah, I, I remember we actually had other games lined up pre-season, didn't we? weren't we going to play Nantes and Undinese, but then yeah, due no, to COVID right. restrictions, uh, they changed at the last minute, and the, the week before the Premier League fixtures um, started, um, we had a game with um, Premier League opposition Crystal Palace, which is weird because you don't see that in pre-season games unless you, you go off to these like US tours um, over to Asia where you're playing those big tournaments. Um, but George just came up and says he's going for a 1-0 Watford win. A draw is not a bad result. 
uh, yeah, me and James agreed. We've said that early. We, we would take a point going into this game. Um, and, but we're going to probably wrap that up it now. Um, just quickly before we go, me and James were messaging during the week because of, obviously there was a storm going on and James was making me laugh. Um, and I, I've picked, I put something up on my Instagram maybe Wednesday morning, wasn't it? And I said, took a video of my garden saying, I wonder how many like, fence panels were um, going to last. But at the end of the day, James messaged me and said that three of his um, fence panels are actually fallen victim. Um, did that um, stay at three, James, or has it got worse? Because we've had bad weather again today, haven't we? It's, it's hailed down and the wind's got going again. I think a storm Frank, Frankie or Franklin's on its way. Um, are you going to have any fence panels left? Uh, I think three is is the number at the moment. I mean, my, my garden's right outside my bedroom window, so I'm always, you know, looking out and, and keeping an eye on them. But at the moment, uh, three fence panels is the damage from, from Storm Eunice. So we're just waiting for these storms to pass. And once the weather's settled down, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll try and put them back up. But yeah, three fence panels is is the final uh, is the final total. But luckily, uh, I'm still alive. Ben's still alive. Um, so yeah, Storm Eunice didn't take me and Ben, but it has taken three uh, of my garden fence panels. <laughs> Fortunately. The worst thing that happened to me, mate, Isla was off sick on Wednesday, so uh, Friday, so I was looking after her. But one minute I was, I was looking after her, the next minute I just saw my wheelie bin going into the bush in the garden. I thought, <laughs> I'll take the wheelie bin over a fence. But, uh, oh, mate, it, it was so funny. And I was just showing her, and she was just, just a bit clueless with what was actually going on. But, yeah, absolutely. At least we're still here. I hope everyone's safe from the storms as well, and hopefully it all dies down soon because it's a bit grim outside at the moment but at least Watford have picked up three points at the weekend we're feeling positive we've got three points on the board we've got another clean sheet on the board um, we, we've closed the gap on Newcastle a little bit we've, if, we've, if we pick up three points against Palace we drag other teams into our relegation fight which is what we want to do um, but who, who knows fingers crossed for a good result against Palace uh, me and James will be back Thursday to discuss it. We're playing Wednesday, aren't we, James? So, yeah, yeah. we'll be back Thursday um, to do a review of that game. Um, so, you, you'll see us again then. Um, maybe Mike might join us. Hopefully, Mike does. We've, we've not had him on for so long, but it's a midweek game. So, hopefully, he's able to find a stream and he can come on and join us because it'd be good to see that old face again. Um, but, yeah, cheers for everyone who's watched and interacted with us on YouTube again. Um, don't forget to like the page, subscribe. Um, also, just quickly before we go, um, this won't be going out as a podcast until I think Tuesday evening because just to let you guys know, um, Mike does all the editing on the podcast to go out on like um, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Um, but when Mike said he was he was stepping back a little bit, me and James wanted to give you guys content still. So that's why we do a YouTube now. So that uploads automatically onto YouTube and you can watch that at whatever point um, in your lives. But with... Um, all, editing podcasts and that that's all down to Mike and we don't have access to that so that's why podcasts come out a little bit later so if you do want our reaction straight away head over to the YouTube channel and that's where me and James upload all our videos and that so just wanted and to let you guys know that faces then as well. yeah you get to see our beautiful faces and you might even see um, James's Lego set that he was telling me about last yeah. week which he, he, he said he was going to finish this week then but he's been busy so he hasn't had time to show me what he's been up to but Hopefully you can show us all next week. But yeah, thanks for watching everyone. And we will be back Wednesday, uh, Thursday. Stay safe and come on you horns.
Social Podcast Network.